research methods. Hello and welcome to the Research Methods Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eugene Bogristov. Welcome to our podcast, and we continue our mini-series on survey research. In the previous episodes, we talked about the Likert scale size and Likert scales type. Uh, today I'm going to talk with you about the ranking versus rating. And there are different ways how you can ask a question. For example, please sort the fruits based on your preference. And then you have a list of fruits, let's say peach, apple, orange, and you have to rank them. So you have to decide which of them is the most preferable. You put it on the place number one, and second would be on the second preferable option, and so on. You can have up to 10, 9, or whatever you want the number of options. This gives you a clear prioritization and it allows you to sort different preferences of users and get a good overview of what user would like to have. But this method is a bit harder to analyze and it has a problem, it bears a problem in it. For example, what if somebody is indifferent with regard to apples and oranges? They love peaches, but they are indifferent with regard to apples and oranges. Or they love both apples and oranges. How should they do this? How should they sort them? And in this event, they will be forced to put them on different places, even though they do not really differentiate between those, those two fruits. That is why the other method, which we use much more often, is the rating. And in this case, you have to imagine a table or a matrix where you have in the first column, you have the peach, apple and orange. And in the next columns, you have the Likert scale, the options which you can click in order to evaluate those fruits. The question would be the same. Please evaluate the fruits based on your preference. And then you have the peach with the options Definitely, probably, possibly, probably not, definitely not. And you can set across, for example, in how much you prefer and how much you like peaches. Then you have the apple, and again, you have the option definitely, probably, possibly, probably not, definitely not. In this way, you can indicate, for example, that you, if you are indifferent with regard to apples and oranges, then you can simply set across or click the option which is the same and then we will know that you're indifferent or you love them to the same extent as compared to all other fruits. This gives you a lot of opportunities in how to capture variance and how to capture the real intent or real preference of the participant. On the other hand, it is less economical. Instead of having one question where you have to rank different options, you will have several questions for each of the options instead of having just peach, apple, and orange as answer options, you will have it as a three question, and each question will have also additional answering options such as, for example, definitely, probably, possibly, probably not, definitely not. The second problem is, if you have such a big list of items and you have to evaluate them, then you might tend to non-differentiation. You will see, okay, I love apples and the other stuff I like not so much, that's why I just put the cross somewhere in the middle or somewhere slightly to the left-hand side. And then we, on the one hand side, we captured the differentiation. On the other hand, we captured the indifference, indifference of users. And if somebody is indifference, we will capture this too. But this doesn't really give us an option for the analysis. We will just have all equal options, which is probably not so good. 
That is why having this magic question, which we have also in Qualtrics and other systems, is a good idea. I use them, I prefer this approach instead of ranking. It's easier to analyze, it's easier to make, but you always have to keep in mind that you should keep your question as short as possible, that you should reduce the number of options to the minimum level, because otherwise you run into the problem of having too large questionnaires requiring too much time and causing the non-differentiation bias or the confirmation bias, which we talked about in one of the previous episodes. I hope it was helpful, wish you all the best, good luck with developing your surveys, and see you next time. Bye-bye.